0: It's punctuous city at La Fernando Alonso is finally in the podium positions in third and Lewis Hamilton takes the win and closes that points gap for the world championship to Max Verstappen, who takes second. G'day there, my name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode we review the Qatar Grand Prix. And I'm joined, as always, by two very tired boys. It's Tommy T. G'day, mate. G'day. How you doing? Very well. And Campy, hello there, friend.
1: Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Yes,
0: doing very well. Campy, who watched it live, and Tommy T, who looks like he's been camping under a bus for the past seven days. <laughs>
2: I watched it live, too. It was rough. <laughs> yes. Big regret. Big, big regret. Very,
1: ret. very rough this morning. Jeez, the alarm went off, and I was like, no,
2: what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh. oh, well, uh, I didn't watch it live, uh, which uh, suited me just fine getting up still though at 10 par, uh, ten to 4 just to watch it to roll into this uh, big commit from you two <laughs> lads. So massive thank you to you oh, and massive thank you door. to you for <laughs> listening and watching. Uh, look, it's great to have your company here Uh, Very quickly, before we start talking about the Qatari Grand Prix, uh, what I'd love for you to do, dear listener, all four of you, is if you could please share this podcast with a friend. If you've got another Formula One friend who loves the sport or someone who's just watched the Netflix Drive to Survive series, you think they might enjoy it. Uh, We love doing this and we're obviously going to have a better time if more people listen to it. So thank you to you for that. But also thank you to these two people for leaving a review of the podcast in the past week. Uh, I'll leave that to second actually I'm going to start with this one Steelers Rock in the US He says easily the best Uh, Five stars I I subscribe to too many F1 podcasts The one I never miss And you should neither Is Lakeside Drive They're well informed Opinionated and funny Uh, Guys when will you do a supercars podcast That Americans like me can ignore NASCAR forever (laughs) (laughs) Massive thank you to you, Steelers uh, Rock. Love that. And my favourite uh, my favorite review, I should say, for the week is my favourite LeBron James podcast, Five Stars. <laughs> I finally found an excellent LeBron James fan podcast. Their episode on his heroic 2020 bubble championship is a must listen. <laughs> also provides insightful discourse surrounding the Victorian government's handling of the pandemic and Daniel Andrews' inspiring leadership.
1: Oh, I've got yeah. one guess as to who that was. Very good uh, review. I do love that.
0: You'd, you'd be incorrect, actually, uh, Campy, because I did. I did set it, uh, say who did this uh, on uh, Instagram, and uh, Tom. Tom did this. It wasn't Mark. K. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, which uh, is very, uh, very funny. But anyway, look, massive thank you for you, Tom, and uh, to, to everyone who's left a rating and review. We really. Appreciate it. All right. Well, well let's Tom, get.
1: Well, Tom, I'm looking forward to having a beer with you at some stage, mate. So I can tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, I'll put Mark in that category too. It'll be a lot of fun.
0: Uh, well, uh, no surprises Very good. there. About anything to do with Victoria. All right, let's talk, shall we, now about the television broadcast review. When I say the television broadcast review, I mean probably the time about five minutes before the race started (laughs) and about five minutes after the race ended. Tommy T, give us your thoughts about that
2: period. You are very correct. When it's a race like this, I time it to perfection. I'm like, I'll get formation lap, and that is it. <laughs> yeah. I saw nothing. I That's saw true. absolutely nothing. Uh, so I'm going to hand it over to you, Campy. What did what did you see from the? Wow!
1: Well, look, I'll give my anthem review. What a horrible anthem! It was like <laughs> it was like the drum beat from the Imperial March and this horrible <laughs> melody that went over it. And I'll tell you what, it was probably the worst anthem we've seen all year. Uh, wow. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, David Beckham, suit was looking on point. Uh, I'm getting married in March, and I need some suit ideas for the wedding, and I'm thinking that uh, <laughs> that, that colour code was looking good. I can see myself looking a bit like Bex. Just need the... Uh, <laughs> Made the chisel jaw on a bit, <laughs> we'll be looking good. Wow. Mate,
0: I, did, have you not contacted Twiggy Forest to see if RM Williams will bespoke make you a suit yeah. yet? Yeah.
1: Oh, calm down, lads. It's just like, you know, <laughs> sucker for a rugby jumper. And I'm not wearing Gantt, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, what a thing to start your week off yeah, with. Right, I'm not
2: wearing yeah. Gantt. <laughs> Wow! It's an
1: old man brand. I bought my dad one of those shirts through his 60s and he threw it back at me and said, I'm not wearing that shirt, <laughs> 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 oh,
0: What a, a clothing. This has turned into a clothing uh, review. It has. Uh, look, my biggest issue that I had with this circuit is that apparently this is the biggest uh, attendance that Qatar's ever had. So 14 people came to watch the race Yeah, and too many times the television director thought it a very good bloody idea to be very creative with his shots and go, yes, well, here comes Lewis Hamilton. I'll get some English fans standing here and I'll go, okay, three, two, one. And then you just jump up and down going, yay. And then they hold that shot for quite a while and then nothing else gets seen. And then some on-track passing happens. But we're too busy watching the same people that have been cuted to jump up and down. Guys, don't I don't care. Don't care about the crowds. We've survived without a crowd for the longest time, in the last two years. Don't yeah. try and make it be more like more exciting or bigger than it actually is. No one cares about the crowd here in Qatar. The <laughs> crowd don't even care about the crowd in yeah, Qatar. If true. you go back and look at most of the shots, uh, yeah. no good in but- the bin with that. That's at least one out of ten performance for me. Don't be creative with Formula One. The cars are good looking enough. Yes.
1: It reminds me of when the V8 supercars went to Abu Dhabi and there was literally no one anywhere (laughs) on the track (laughs) at any time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I think one positive we can take from it is they took the book out of Singapore uh, and we had some sparks flying everywhere. Everyone was running their chin plates and stuff very, very low. Those uh, (laughs) are… Do do they just ask you take out of Singapore? By the way, just just book just a single book that we've taken out of Singapore. That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's the only thing. But I mean, it it worked out well when we had all those uh, punctures, which I'm sure we'll get to as well. Because sparks everywhere look good at night. Uh, Yes. Uh,
0: Look in terms of commentary, though. uh, Brundle, as always, very good picking up the pieces. Uh, Crofty was all over the shop trying saying different things. Apparently, um, Sergio Perez was watching. It was fun. No, it wasn't. He wasn't at all. I've literally just watched it okay. <laughs> with fresher eyes. <laughs> yeah, we were asleep uh, and candy. ears. And <laughs> he was saying all kinds of incorrect things, just about who had replaced who, and Sergio Perez replacing Max Verstappen at Red Bull at one point. <laughs> I'm like, pardon? Did yeah. you just say? Anyway, it was no good for me. Tommy T, what's your score out of ten oh, for the bits give it that you a watched? Two. Let's
2: give it... Two out of a ten, a yeah, woeful. I agree. It was I
0: agree, no good. Um, even Campy, do you want to protest, Campy? Do you want to add some, add a point or two? Uh,
2: look. No. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to have a higher score in two weeks' time, but you'd have to have a track for that, so we'll see. Well, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> it's very dependent.
0: Um, the one thing that I will give 10 out of 10 for is that all Qatar is really interested in doing was talking about the FIFA World Cup next year at a Formula One yeah. event. Yeah. Guys, yeah. no one cares. Um, wrong wrong event. The only thing that is relevant is David Beckham wearing a nice suit that Campy now wants to buy. So that's it. Wow. Well done. I'd love to see well that done side by side. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into talking about the race overview as a whole. Um, we'll start at the very beginning, Campy. We did end up having penalties for this double-waved yellow incident that happened in the final lap of qualifying.
1: Yeah. Uh, sounds like there was a rogue steward on the front straight who was waving some yellow flags. So if there's waved yellows anywhere, you got to slow down. Um, do I like it? Not really. Was the whole thing a bit of a shambles and a bit of a stuff up? Absolutely. But – Hey, they're the rules, so we've got these rules for a reason. So, I mean, you may as well enforce them when someone breaks the rules. Whether you saw it or not, it was an accident. Well, tell that to, you know, some of the bad incidents that we've had on track in recent years. So, yeah, I think the stewards had to give it. I don't like that signs has got a three place and Max's got a five place. It just yeah. doesn't really... Uh look, they had a chance to get it right really easy. Just give everyone that was on track at the time who didn't slow down a five-second penalty, but they yep. chose three drivers in the end. Uh, still don't know why Norris didn't get one. Uh, anyway, look, that's just life, isn't it? Uh, I don't mm. think it really mattered in the end result of the race. Uh, no. It's a bit like Hamilton last week, getting a 25-place penalty. It didn't matter where that guy started. He was... Uh, he was coming like a freight to get in the win anyway. So yep,
0: yeah, yeah. But. Interesting, interesting to see one rogue Stewart. And of course, uh, look, you can't mess around with the yellow flag rules. It is a safety thing, can you? But uh, yeah, in terms of uh, track management, people management on the track, maybe like that's that's a yeah. another issue. But Camby, I think you explained it really well yesterday in we terms should. of you know how many seconds it can take for something that kind of bit of information to get through.
1: Yeah. we should be stewards for the Oscars. God, break. what could possibly yeah, go wrong? How good would that be? <laughs> Next year, Hamilton's on his flying lap, Q3, he's in like 10th or something and he's going to shoot up the order and we'll just give him a yellow flag, just <laughs> just rogue-stewarded. <laughs> it's the people taking back the championship.
0: Fairly certain as well, just talking about uh, talking about the Aus Grand Prix, that tickets go on sale to the Aus Grand Prix this week. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what date. I think it might be tomorrow. It might be Tuesday, uh, if not the following week. Anyway, but uh, keep your eyes on that if you want to go to the uh, Aus Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, our gonna-
1: predictions may be wrong too.
0: Yeah, well, look, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but obviously, it's going to be interesting. Third race of the year next year. Uh, hopefully, we'll, everyone will be settled in a little bit. Daniel Ricciardo in that McLaren, of course, uh, will be leading the World Championship by race three, as we know. <laughs> yeah. Tommy T, Fernando's start. I mean, after oh. it all shook out oh. with uh, the 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 grid place changes, he started in third position, which, as we said, where is where Max Verstappen wanted to start, uh, yeah. well and truly in the slipstream of those cars. Of course, Pierre Gasly got promoted as well, uh, but Fernando just had an absolutely stonking start, didn't
2: he? Outstanding. Uh, we knew he would find a way and he did. Uh, yeah, he's he's not I, – I would not want to be Hamilton or Gasly with uh, him behind me, that's for sure. And, yeah, he did really well, but so did Max, honestly. Like, it's, it's obviously starting behind in so many of these races is bizarre. I think we need to sort something out it because it doesn't seem to be a reward to start on pole at the moment, does it? You end up being the most vulnerable on the track. So yeah, Fernando was outstanding and he had a great race and will, I'm sure, get to the rest of that. What did you think, Campy? Because uh, I mean, in terms of the starting for
0: from Gasly too, uh, he managed to have a pretty good one. Not not as good as the Stappen it would have seemed He went through about six gears in about ten meters, oh. it looked like he just was not yeah. here for staying in the gear. But that that's the old we I like I don't want to say old Fernando because he's still here you know it's the Fernando we remember I think as Brundle put it yesterday uh, in qualifying but for from your point of view the wily old fox Ugh. really just knowing where to stick that car oh
1: well, I was up and about I was, I was Yahoo and, and I was, that is <laughs> yes, the start too. that I wanted to see I want to see Danny Rick up there every week but if not I want to see Alonzo and Rothman and kicking goals and uh, yeah because so it just shows how good they are it's good to see that. Uh, He finally got a race. Like, that was on merit, that drive too. Mm. Uh, Made that one-stop work, you know, started up the front, albeit got lucky a bit. But, hey, sometimes you need that for uh, particularly for some of these back-marker teams at times. So, Yep. yep, super stoked for Fernando. Drove really well. Uh, first stint, you know, he was 10 seconds in front of uh, Gasly after the first stint when he decided to pit. and Pretty consistent pace all race, and that's what we know Fernando can do, and he drove the wheels off that thing. Comparative to his teammate as well. It's excellent drive. It's exactly what
0: Renault. Uh. <laughs> Been looking for, haven't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about some punctures before we talk about the individual drivers. Uh, it all started with Valtteri Bottas, 33 laps on a medium tyre, um Pirelli said that these tyres could only go for 30 laps, uh, of course, and he uh, managed to nurse that car around, not before going into uh, a significant rock patch. There's no gravel traps here at Qatar or the massive rocks. <laughs> uh, and bringing that back onto the track, uh, no good, really, because that just sort of spelled the beginning of the end for a lot of cars and a lot of, well, for him, unfortunately, too, Valtteri ended up retiring. But, yeah, how did you see it, Camby? Because we didn't I didn't necessarily think that this the tyres would be an issue again in 2021 like they were in 2020 of course you can cast your mind back to Lewis Hamilton's uh victory with three wheels inflated across the line in Silverstone 2020 but yeah. for for this race we I didn't think we'd see as many let alone even one
1: look spilling for bodas his race as a whole I mean Dropping back to eleventh, then finally getting his arse in the gear, he passed everyone on track that he needed to pass. Went really long. Um, I think the frustrating thing for the teams is, yes, they know that tires have a uh, have a life, but there was no indication that those tires were going to blow. I mean, if you look at his laps beforehand, he was yep. running consistent lap times everywhere. Yes, they say they got thirty laps in them, but they can they constantly push that limit on. You know where it's going, mm. uh, on how far they can actually push those tires. I think that they would be very. I think teams would be frustrated because the tires, the tires need to be. You need to know when the tires coming to the end of its life. If you're setting consistent lap times up until that point, then yeah. you hit a curb and it's all over. I just that's Pirelli's fault for me. Yes, yep. they're driving them on the limit. Um, I think Valtteri probably should have pitted. Before the puncher happened because, I mean, he had the 20-second gap on Perez and he was always going to have fresher tyres. So, yeah, he drove an exceptional race and there's some genuine pace in that Merck, even for Valtteri at times. But, yeah, mm. real shame for him. Yeah, I mean, we saw the two Williams do it. Um, so that's pretty consistent, you know, when you look at when that happened on the track and sort of the laps when it happened, um, you know, very much the same, so that suggests yeah. to me the tyres are pretty, you know, equal across the board, but uh, I think uh, we need more understanding of when these tyres are actually going to drop off and when they get to a point where they don't work. So, Because yep. to go over a kerb like that when you're running consistent times and then for it to blow, it's not good enough.
0: Yeah, it looked – I mean, as you said, both Williams, uh, George Russell on lap 51 – Latifi lap fifty two, but also Lando Norris had a uh, puncture, which he ended up being able to come in and pit before he had any significant issues. A uh, lap fifty, so I mean, this is this is what what happened. A thirty three laps on the medium tire, as I said, for Valtteri Bottas, for for these other cars as well, trying to do that one stop and extending, just mm. obviously not working out. Um, the another issue with Valtteri Bottas, though, the retirement when when his um, when they'd called that he was coming in. Uh, to retire the car on his steering wheel like Daniel Ricciardo had uh, the previous weekend, cool car, was uh, was the big warning message flashing up um, on screen. So I hope he doesn't have to take his 47th <laughs> power unit ahead oh, of shit. the next Grand Prix. Um, but anyway, it's, it's no good for Valtteri. That, that's uh, sad for him in his... Last couple of races in that front-running car, of course. Uh, the other thing to note as well is that Charles Leclerc did end up having a crack in his chassis campy uh, out of qualifying, but, of course, changing that over uh, didn't really seem to do anything for his ability or pace around the circuit.
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, he finished behind his teammate. Um, I think, what did he get? Seventh or eighth in the end. Um, you know, And to only finish two-odd seconds behind his teammate suggests to me that he did find the pace and he probably did get it together for the race. Uh, But Ferrari and McLaren, the two comparable, you know, the third fine for that third spot, they were nowhere compared to some of the other teams. So it just Mm -hmm. tells me this track has some unique conditions and uh, suits some cars and doesn't suit others. But, yeah, I think Leclerc got got it together by changing the chassis in the end. Uh, it's a yeah. shame. I mean, Ferrari should know when these things happen before, you know, when they're driving them. So, anyway, look mm. moving on.
0: We'll see. It's a bit of a car crunching uh, circuit is is what it probably yeah. ends up being for LaSalle. All right, let's go through our team-by-team team analysis. Starting at the very back, Haas, uh, Tommy T, Mick Schumacher, Went for a bit of an exploration Ooh, just ahead of the pit lane and then coming back on
2: almost uh, causing a bit of issue for Fernando. Yeah. I mean, at least it was Fernando and he could avoid it. But yeah, he, did, he didn't He did really uh, safely enter back onto the track, did he, is what we usually require. No. He just kind of jumped straight back across the entire track to the outside line. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure that he'll pull him aside and talk to the young boy he Alonso, he'll Take him under his would wing. have been a
0: very quick way for the entire Formula 1 oh. paddock
2: to then hate Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Just, just oh. millimetres oh. from hating. Alonso on for a podium and you take him out. Oh, I would not <laughs> want to be you, mate. <laughs> it would be no good. Oh. You just don't Dad, that. is that you? He <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> can't, can't help himself. So Alonso yeah. Schumacher must <laughs> must crash into other cars.
1: Oh well, he's big. Holding- good riddance! His dad did it to enough people, so <laughs>
0: that's what I'm saying. He's holding back the dark side of the force. He's trying Jesus, to pull him yeah. across. Do you get that reference, Campy? Uh, okay. And Mazepin finishing in 18th, uh, really nowhere. Tommy, T, I think he was lapped twice. That's the only thing I really saw of him: it home grand not twice, going though. well. Yeah, not doing well at all. Uh, Williams, as we said, both suffering punctures. Latifi just decided well, not being able. I'm not saying deciding, not being able to get that car around. Uh, And to be honest, massive thank you to our favourite Canadian to enable Fernando Alonso to get that podium. Uh, Not that I'm saying anything may have happened, but certainly any issues they might have had Alpine with that front left tyre were completely removed by not having to put as much load through that. So thanks, Nick. Good guy. Good guy. Uh, You weren't going to get any points anyway, so you've just done (coughs) something nice to the whole sport. Uh, Good for you. And George Russell, 17th, one point. Uh, was holding up Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, in terms of how we saw this track, Campy, I think a lot of people said ahead of time it's going to be really difficult to overtake. And then we saw Turn 1 and everyone was pretty much overtaking into there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how Russell performed, because he also then had a bit of a scrap. Well, not a bit of a scrap. It was also following quite closely with Valtteri Bottas. I mean, the Williams is... <laughs> Obviously, as we say, it's all focused on next year. But the scrap that they're now having towards the very back of the pack with that Haas and with Alfa Romeo constantly, do you see them really making any progress before the end of the year or this is just how they are? Who cares? Put it in <coughs> the bin. Let's worry about 2022
1: only. Yeah, look, at the, look they've got some pace. But it's only for four or five laps and those laps are just annoying where they can run with everybody else. Mm. Uh, They're in a bit of a train so they're, you know, they're punching through and they're holding on to someone in front of them. I mean, Danny Rick's come up against George Russell in the last three races and, you know, been behind him and trying to get past him, which has been frustrating to watch because it just holds him up for five to six laps. Not that he can do it over race distance, uh, not that. Not that George has to uh, to yield that position in any way, but, yeah, I mean, look, their race pace dropped off horrendously throughout the race compared to where they were at the start. Um, Yeah, all their eggs are in the basket for next year. Um, I mean... George I think he's pretty Over that team Yeah has spent yeah. two seasons yeah. This season's been better Three sorry This season's been better Than the previous two So He's looking forward To jumping into A top car next year And you know I mean It might be a good thing For Danny Rick That he's coming up Against him on track uh, this year, so he can get to see how he drives a bit, and you know, mm. Danny Rick will win the world championship next year. So it's just a bit of good little <laughs> intel that he's <laughs> gathering this year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but George, he's just one of those dudes. He just sort of pisses me off as a race driver sometimes, you know. Yeah. Just <laughs> finding the positions that he's in at times.
0: Yeah, interesting, isn't it? I mean, in terms of that battle, though, with Alfa Romeo, Tommy T, I mean, we saw on-track battle between Raikkonen and Latifi going into Turn 1, as I said. Yep. Uh, epic move by Kimi, but they were very, very close, closer than Mick and Fernando. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of coming around that corner, though, but bloody fantastic driving from the oldest driver on the grid.
2: Yep. No, he's uh, we, we say it every week, don't we, that he's fantastic and we're going to miss him, but... Yeah, he just throws one move every week, and then just kind of goes about the rest of his race, doesn't he? <laughs> just kind of it's has to remind to us that one he's move. excellent. Yeah, exactly. Just one move right at the back. No one really knows or cares, and it doesn't really get him any points. But it was good. He had
1: a he had a mega start. He did. Giovanniazzi yeah. did, did too. I mean, they started on the softs, you know. So everyone from fifteenth through to twentieth started on the softs, so get the start. And, they swamped up Leclerc and Danny Rick, you know, in 14th and 13th respectively and, you know, really ruined those guys' races just because, yep. I mean, that warm-up lap looked like an absolute shambles oh, getting off the start. That's a good point. Uh, you know, I and mean, that didn't help anyone out on the mediums <laughs> in that sort of, you know, 10 to 15 position. They just mm. couldn't do anything, no space to warm-up tyres or try and get any sort of temperature, hence why the – you know, the back mark has jumped up so much and got such ripping starts on the softs, so.
0: Yeah, well, I bet for, for Alpha, though, it's just another case of the Williams kind of pace issue. They're pretty good at the beginning of the race, uh, and then for whatever reason, be it strategy, be it pit stops, be it whatever, they always end up sort of around either between sort of eighth to 15th, and unfortunately mm. for, for them, for being both out of the points, of course, Giovinazzi, this is the first race that, He's had announcing that he's now leaving. You'd hope that he'd, or he'd be hoping rather that he'd be scoring some points in his last couple of races, only two more to go in a Formula One car. Hopefully Mm. we can see that happen, although it's unlikely in terms of a similar potentially kind of circuit in Jetta in terms of a lot of speed and a lot of higher speed and medium speed corners. But for Alpha Tauri, now this to me is probably the biggest disappointment uh, in terms of teams for this race. Tommy T, yeah. you said uh, Gasly is starting very far up the grid compared to uh, to a lot of other cars and Sunoda, as well not having a terrible qualifying yesterday, but uh, they played out with Gasly in eleventh and Sunoda in thirteenth.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Do you think it was the the two stop strategy that just backfired and just didn't work? Um, like, because they committed to a two stop two stop early as opposed to other teams which kind of adapted and went you know what we can put another stop in Um, this was the plan from the go it just didn't yield did it and he just ended up in traffic earlier than he probably should have and then traffic later on and just couldn't clear the people he needed to clear because it is hard to pass around here as we saw and then you're also on older tyres twice as opposed to just going on a longer stint once like others were Um, yeah I mean starting on that Soft tyre was never going to help either, was it, from his position. He was always going to have to put himself back into some mess. So I think that's probably the biggest thing, but he still beat his teammate who had tyre choice and probably should have got higher than that, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, but I wasn't totally upset with how Yuki was driving like no. this race campy. I mean, the pace-wise was... I don't know, you know, interesting, but in terms of a couple of the overtakes and track battles that he had, he's dry it's more mature driving, I think, from yep. Yuki, don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely, but it helps with a good start too. So, you know, starting in eighth or seventh or wherever he started, I mean, those, those helped the results. So he's up the field a bit more and fighting with some big names. So I couldn't tell you what his actual times were when it looks to race pace, but it seemed to be, he dropped off more than what Gasly did. I mean, Gasly to be running, you know, second and third on lap one to drop back to 11th over a race distance, <laughs> considering, you know, when the – like guys like Ocon, who started behind him, were able to jump up and have really strong finishes. But uh, yeah, looks to notice driving well. I think I think he's finally getting grips to that car. But uh, unfortunately for him, he's got to learn a whole new car next year and a whole new mm-hmm, concept yeah. and move on. So yeah, that's not always the easiest thing to do if you've been in the sport for a while. It's probably easy for him after one year to adapt mm-hmm. to something else. Uh, but it might be a
0: bit harder for Gasly.
1: Bit of a shame for. Alpha AlphaTauri, but hey, oh, it's motorsport. You're not going to get it right every weekend.
0: Yeah, well, look, the other team that would not be totally happy is McLaren because uh, Danny Rick finishing in 12th and Lando Norris finishing in 9th at one point or another. It looked like Lando could have potentially been challenging for fourth and uh, stayed there, which would have been very good for the points difference in the Constructors' Championship to Ferrari wasn't to be, though. Uh, Tommy T, did do you remember ever seeing Daniel Ricardo on the broadcast?
2: As far as I'm aware, he didn't race. <laughs> I did not see
0: anything.
2: It's <laughs> terrible. did not see a thing. We, we kind of heard about it in passing and yeah, yep. that was it, didn't we? We just heard the commentators yep. speak about it. But no, nah, it was like Bigfoot. You just heard rumblings and no one ever saw it.
1: <laughs> well, the, the pro- Danny's first stint was actually really good. He, um, I mean, losing. after his start, yeah. uh, lost positions, all that stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, he made his way through all the back markers and got up until up, – I think he was behind Leclerc mm. and he was sort of two or three seconds behind Leclerc and matched that pace of the – 10 to 15 laps, and I thought, geez, this is a really solid stint. He was on the medium, so I thought he'd go a hell of a lot longer than Norris did on the softs, and he was only 10 seconds behind Norris at one stage. I don't know what happened in the pit stop, whatever happened. He came out, and and he got overtaken by Vettel and Mm, Räikkönen and Giovinazzi. He lost three positions straight away, and I, I think he got caught up in the Alfa Romeos you know, early committal to a two-stop, you know, he should have had the gap and he should have got out in front of them. Mm. But, I mean, to lose positions like that after one lap on on new new rubber, I think he had some problems warming up the tyres. But in saying that, the pace deficit towards the end of the race was horrendous. Yeah. I think they were really trying for the one-stop to try and make that work. And, uh, Mm. yeah, look, for Ferraris to – get in front of both Ferraris to get in front of Norris. And look, let's get real. I mean, the Ferraris were what, eighty odd seconds behind Lewis Hamilton by the end of it. But um you know, Norris was another twenty odd seconds behind them yeah. as well. I mean he got lapped and then I mean the gap to Danny Rick was a bit more. So yeah uh, look horrendous weekend for McLaren really. Not good. Mm-hmm. They really haven't done anything since uh since Russia. Yep. Um, I've said Danny Rick was going to get another win. I don't know where it's going to come from at the moment. It's not. we two, <laughs> with two honest, races, it's, uh, it's two races good. to go. Um, I think they've got some gremlins in that car that they're starting to figure out and find out. They've hit a bit of a wall and can't mm. get past that. So,
0: Well, 39.5 points separate <sighs> McLaren to Ferrari. Now it's almost insurmountable with how the performance has been for the last couple of races. So... If you're McLaren, which I kind of think that they're doing now, I think you'd be just turning your attention to 2022. They're not in any danger of uh, losing that fourth position. Of course, third would be nice, but fourth is currently Alpine on 137 uh, and AlphaTauri 112. So they'll be sitting comfortably there at least for the rest of the season. Just disappointing that, of course, you've had a win in Monaco, a potential win in Russia, and completely fallen in the bin. It is not how Michael Italiano would have wanted to spend his birthday yesterday, so be big, big shame for him. Uh, let's uh, keep going. Aston Martin, though, uh, almost worth saying that this is one in 472 races where Lance Stroll just did the thing that he normally does when he gets a result, and that's just sort of keeping to himself and doing the opposite of other yeah. people, Tommy T.
2: <laughs> There's no cars around him. He can't really cause trouble or nothing can go wrong. No, he was fine. Uh, again, like... We never see anything of those drivers, do we? We we saw nothing really on track, but he was fine. I think, yeah, about time we got that result. That car was definitely good enough this weekend. I think Vettel was probably very unlucky just with his position and his start and his start. Yeah, like he yeah. he was just again kind of like Gasly, just got stuck in the worst positions and just couldn't break break out of it. But to get back for a point's good for Vettel. But yeah, Stroll was just right place, right time, capitalize on his opportunities. I think he, it's exactly what you expect minimum kind of from a driver with those opportunities on a, on a race weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, Seb started seventh, didn't he, and ended up going very wide into turn one, which is what yeah. put him all the way back, which was no good, unfortunately, for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, from from the campus's point of view, Campy, they wouldn't be totally happy. Well, they would be fairly okay with that performance, I suppose, although well, they're sitting in seventh and 77 points.
1: I think this is probably Stroll's. Best result for the year, right? He hasn't done any better than six, has he? So good on him for that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, But again, if you look at our our summation of their year on that team radio podcast, it did. Again, Stroll started outside the top ten, got tyre choice, and that's how he's able to beat his teammate because his teammate started on the softs, not the strategy he wanted. In order to move up the grid, so, but he made it work too. So, I mean, starting on that optimum tyre is genuinely a a, a uh, pace gap when you start on that optimum tyre for the race. So, I mean, he would have been spewing that he only what I mean, to finish that close behind Ocon. Um, he would have been hunting for that position in the last few laps, but uh, wasn't a be. But good result for Stroll. He needs to do that. More often than what he's doing, what's that one in twenty-one races this year? So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, not wrong. Uh, one in twenty-one. Well, look, <laughs> where did he, quali- he qualify? For? Oh, who knows? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't Somewhere remember Ferrari. Let's talk about Ferrari. Carlos signs in seventh, and Charles in eighth, as you said. Campy. Uh, I mean, look, they're building that gap, aren't they? For from McLaren in that third position. I mean, as you said, Charlotte Claude did end up doing pretty okay with that new chassis. Uh, Carlos Sainz in seventh, bit of no man's land, had some interesting battles uh, towards the beginning of the race, but uh, ended up just sort of, again, being in no man's land. Ferrari as a whole, though, Tommy T would be pretty happy with how the end of this year has gone.
2: Yeah, it's really strong to the end of the year and... Hopefully they haven't just capitalised on this year and this car and they've actually been focusing on next year because that would be the most Ferrari thing ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it? would be to win third in the constructors and then have a useless car next year yep. just focusing on the wrong thing. But I think it's really strong to see Signs. I think he was the dominant driver this weekend for sure. I mean, we know that Leclerc had some trouble with his chassis, so that's fair enough. But I think Signs is actually showing himself and really – getting to the front of that team we know the team love him not that they don't love Leclerc but they really appreciate Signs and his involvement and how much effort he puts in to improve that car every week so I think they've got a great driver lineup and excited to see kind of that dynamic play out and I think that'll be one to watch next year in a more competitive car from the start of the year hopefully.
0: Yeah good point Campy in terms of 2022 and beyond as we've sort of asked the question a couple of times who is the lead driver in that car Mm. Uh, I don't think there is one I think they're both equally as good as each other which is an interesting place to be it also to me I think or specifically when it comes to Carlos Sainz's side of the garage he's very good at playing a team game he's not as you know independent as other people have been which is what we saw, obviously, with that Carl Lando thing at McLaren, he obviously was outperforming Lando hands down, no question. Uh, but for for Ferrari, I mean, next year obviously they'll be hoping for a world championship. But these guys are signed for a couple of years. Is this is them for the first time actually investing properly into two drivers? Don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, for me, Carlos takes the uh, takes the number one. I don't think he's there yet, the number one driver in the team. But for me, he, he, will, he will take that team by the scruff of the neck and just and, and direct it how he wants it and leave Leclerc behind him. But, yeah, it's clear he's a good guy off track in the sense that he just knows how to play the dynamics between people uh, within the garage and with Leclerc too. And he's not going to be divis- – he's not a divisive figure, um, which is probably a good thing for His Ferrari historically. Is. So, yeah, he's my pick for it. Um, I think they'll be hoping for a world championship next year, but I mean it's probably a bit like for me, their comparative team is McLaren and uh, McLaren will struggle because they are a customer team. Ferrari, you know,
2: yep.
1: they may get it right they but I mean there's still a massive gap to the Red Bull and the Mercedes with the engines and, mm. and car. That's what happens when you stuff up a whole year of Formula One. I mean, look at yeah. the drop-off. They were right yeah. there yep. with Mercedes three yep. years ago.
2: And
1: yep. they stuff up one year and look where they are. They're back, you know, mid-pack, struggling for, you know, struggling to even get their hands on fifth and sixth at some at, uh, at some tracks. So, look, I think the organisation's got a big uphill battle to get back on par with it. But, hey, new regulations, new chassis, new New design on philosophies, I think, uh, who better suited to to get it done than Ferrari for next year.
0: Yeah, what's well, a uh, good point. It's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Alpine, though, as we mentioned, bloody good weekend for them. They needed a bit of a result like this to jump Alpha tauri and sort of stay there. Um, although it's have to be said that Alpha Tower's points haul has predominantly just been Pierre Gasly outperforming that car for all year. Yeah. Uh, certainly outqualified qualified every single race against his teammate, Nuki Sonoda. But yeah, for Fernando in third and Ocon in fifth, I know that uh, Fernando sent it. Through Alpine Team Wall back to Fernando, defend like a lion, and I was like, "Oh, Fernando's back! I love it. So good to hear." Um, although he looks like a lion with his hair in, in the in the opening credits, the, the main yeah. Fernando Alonso. It's uh, I always wonder how he fits it into that helmet. But for them, fantastic weekend. Uh, I don't know which team principal was at the track this weekend out of the five of them, but I'm sure the one that was there was very happy indeed. Tommy T.
2: Yes, I'm sure they were. <laughs> no, um, out- outstanding result for them. I think that's the best they could have hoped for, really, mm. uh, making a late charge. And we saw this when, when Daniel was at that team when it was formally named. What was it called, Campy, before?
0: Renault.
2: Ah, uh, that's <laughs> right. um well, Who used to drive for
0: Renault before Danny Rick? Oh. Uh, Hulkenberg? No, Carlos. Uh, oh, setting you up for two in a row.
2: Right. Carlos. <sighs> <sighs> so it's
1: it so funny with that interview with Danny Rick. They're like, what's your boss like? He's like, he's American. <laughs> 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 Good summary. The best. He gets it.
2: But no, we, <laughs> we saw Al- Alpine slash Renault back at back in the time have these – Random races where just everything came together, and that mm-hmm. car, that unique car, like we kind of talked about yesterday, with its own power unit that no one else has and its own unique design, just worked. And this was one of those tracks, and Fernando was on it all weekend. Uh And it's not surprising to see that he got a result because he is a feisty old wily dog, lion, whatever you're calling him, <laughs> fox, <laughs> whatever animals we're I'm just associating him Jesus with him. For the yeah, exactly. But he's <laughs> no, Jesus. And he has to, to Ocon's credit as well, he he milked the best out of that car as well.
0: Yeah, and I think for the defending point of view, Campy, it's not like Hungary where he was really going to put up any nope. kind of defence against Perez. But like, has to be hats off to Esteban because the the couple of moves that he did on that one lap that he had were very good. Like mm-hmm. it genuinely caused. Sergio to slow down a little bit. Yep. Uh, of course, you know as it played out, the VSC meant that you know Fernando was able to, to hold that position. And if we didn't have Red Bull making that strategy call to pull in Perez, then Fernando wouldn't have been in the opportunity that he was in. So, yep. I mean, it, it was their kind of merit, but also an opportunity and. As you said, Tommy T, the Alpine, the Renault of old, they are very good at picking up pieces when something happens in front of them. Uh, And it was fantastic in this instance where – you know, in fact, actually, I, looking up and down the grid, this is really the only team that was able to use their second driver yeah. in the grid and how it was uh, yeah, in sure. terms of positions to yeah. help the, thing is, the first the driver.
2: The Renault was always good on tyres, wasn't it? That was the one thing that we'd always yeah. see. They Gosh, could always yeah, go yeah. long and get extra out compared to every other team. So, I mean, maybe that played into it as well and let them do that one stop and Fernando was able to hang on to those tyres. The VSC definitely helped, but yes, yeah, we can't remember. We can't forget that that, that they were always good on tyres and that was one thing about this car.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for them, Campy. I know that uh, you uh, went totally against the French yesterday as a result <laughs> of the rugby, <laughs> but for, for this result, mm, you've mm. got to be pretty stoked for them. Oh, look, I'm stoked
1: for Fernando Alonso, number one. Couldn't really care about Ocon. Look, most drivers are going to get a top five or top six result this year, you know, if you look across the grid, except for the duds, you know. So what <laughs> we you expect. We expect you know, we expect these guys to get some podiums and I mean for the organisation, I mean they got a win this year, albeit not whether they want to get the win, how they got the win but they won it. I mean it's their first podium since then. And uh, hopefully they're probably looking for another podium for the end of the year, just how well their tr- car is suited to these Middle Eastern tracks. So, uh, good for them. Um, yeah, I couldn't care if they were French or not. I'm stoked for Alonzo. Yeah. That guy's still got it and he does. I campaigned it for years and you guys were against me and yep we were I don't I remember that right. I think <laughs> we
0: were saying how good Alonso <laughs> was you were saying he's crap <laughs> sometimes, sometimes sometimes we just need to admit where okay. we were uh, but, wrong and we were wrong right we were but it's, about one of these,
1: it's one of these comebacks that has worked right yeah, yeah for sure doesn't it's
2: always
1: work come back- hey? doesn't,
0: always,
2: doesn't
1: work. always work but I remember like um, there was a pre-season testing where Fernando Alonso just showed up as a fan just to check it out and the whole media pack, all they were doing was talking to Fernando Alonso. wasn't even racing, wasn't on track. You know, Mazepin and Schumacher don't even, like, don't get that amount of attention, yep. you know, being some of the drivers on the grid at times. So, so much the sport loves him and he is, he is well-liked across the sport. Has been a, you know, pretty divisive character at times. But, you know, with, with a bit of age. <laughs> he's, yeah. Uh, he's aged finally, in my opinion, like a wine. And uh, it's better and better as he goes on. And, you know, the fans love him. He's a bit like a Kimmy Räikkönen factor now. Yeah. So,
0: you know. A good weekend for Oscar Piastri to be in work experience yeah. at Alpine. Uh, yep. Very, very good. But, yeah, I'm stoked for Fernando as well. I think obviously had a lot of bad luck. I mean, he has caused some of that bad luck himself in previous years. But for – Between 2014 and 2021, a podium uh, is a long time coming and good on him because uh, he bloody deserves it and he does great things to this sport, so more power to to him. Uh, Red Bull, though, as I mentioned, Sergio Perez, uh, there was kind of a dud strategy call, I think, from Red Bull, although if they were protecting tyres, that would make sense considering what happened to other people in the field, but... A mega drive by Sergio Perez. It it has to be said in terms of how he was making those passes coming up through the field. At one point, he was the only car that was actually making any moves at all towards the front. He ended up in fourth, Max Verstappen in second. Campy, in terms of Red Bull's overall weekend, good damage limitation, I would say, for them. That's their favourite thing to be said at the moment is damage limitations, like it's not damage, guys. You're all going towards the front. Still, you're still happening. Everyone's happy. Don't worry about it. Relax, Karen. But for, for Perez, though, Campy, your thoughts on on his drive and then how he sort of was disappointed by being pulled in.
1: Yeah, I think he should have been disappoint- disappointed by being pulled in, but I can understand why they made that call. He was the only guy on track at, at times making moves, but I think Valtteri didn't get that puncture. Um Hey, Valtteri had shored up that third position no matter what. Um, so I think I think for him that would be a frustrating. Uh, looking back on the race, that'd be a frustrating. How much time he actually lost to Bottas because of the, the early pit stop made by Red Bull. So I think the team will be scratching their head on how to get that better for next weekend. But yeah, I mean, good result for them. Absolute, I mean, damage limitation. I mean, Max took the fastest lap off Lewis, which I thought was interesting because Lewis was just on a charge the whole race, and Lewis had, uh, Max had nothing for him. Uh, what is it now? Six points, eight points in the championship, so it's a race win with a fastest lap. Um, I think I don't want to see fastest laps. You yeah, know, particularly two races to go. If we even get two races, by the way, we might get a week out and the FIA might just cancel this jet race because it's not, the track's not finished. I don't know enough about where we're up to, but you guys seem to tell me we still don't have asphalt down, which is <laughs> bloody crazy. scary two weeks into the race. I know asphalt is the last thing to go on and it's a bit like the last uh, cone of paint you put on a house it goes on pretty easy, but I mean, but, uh, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
2: It's,
0: Love it. Set you guys up every Love time. It's <laughs> so good. Who That's knows genuine. what Jeddah even looks like? There nah. are just photos yeah. coming out in random periods. I'm sure. By look, you'd hope by this point, by at least tomorrow, Tuesday, the 23rd of November, <laughs> they have it all together. So at least the the tarmac has a week to sit yeah. to settle in if it yeah. needs it. Um, yep. and they can uh put some other kind of race cars over the top of the surface, even if it's just a fleet of Hertz vehicles, they'll That's kind of right. need to do something. Yeah. yeah, that was Turkey or Portugal last year, yeah, it wherever yeah. it was, that uh decided to resurface just before the track, it's before the race. And between practice and qualifying, they took all these rental cars and drove it around all night. It's not the same, anyway. Uh, <laughs> for- <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but for for Verstappen's point of view though, Tommy T, that sort of damage uh, under the front wing potentially caused a bit of issues very early on, and there was about that seven, eight (laughs) second gap that he just couldn't close on Lewis.
2: Yeah, surprised they didn't actually do a front wing change when he came in, but obviously they just felt like that would be too detrimental to his race time, and... He just had nothing, did he? he? He was just consistently that little bit behind on his race pace. He couldn't close the gap to Lewis. And I suppose at, at some point he just felt, you know what, this is second is all we can get, and we just need to make sure we get second with the fastest lap. And that's what they did. So I think I think you're fine with that, especially from where he had to start from. His start was incredible yeah he nailed that to the point where he, i thought he was going to ride himself off and be taken out i thought he was that kind of kamikaze about it potentially but he, <laughs> he made it stick when when alonzo tried to shut the door on him um yeah went onto the asphalt or what was it the astroturf and came back but yeah i think that was the best they could do they did not have the pace for that mercedes compared to that mercedes this week so second, yeah, certainly- good with the fastest lap
0: Certainly wouldn't have helped Fernando. I forgot Fernando closing the door, slamming the door. It wasn't even a close. It was Slam. like, nope, <laughs> bye, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was bloody fantastic to see. But, Campy, do you believe this uh, front wing damage issue or does it? do you just think that uh, Hamilton's pace is just so far outstrips Max and uh, that Red Bull? I think
1: after turn one or lap one, Hamilton turned the engine down. He was in safe mode for the rest of the race. Do not use any more of of, of that engine than he absolutely has to. Uh, Yeah. Front wing damage or not, just... They got second, and that's where Max and Lewis. If nothing happens on track, it's where they're going to finish, and it has been like that for the last what five or six laps now, Uh, five or six races, where it's the staff and winning. Hamilton's always going to come second, and vice versa. So Mm. we're now in this precarious, I mean, position where where if Hamilton wants to win the championship. He has to win both races if mm. Max is going to come second. When yeah. Max only has to win one more and seal it. I mean, I mean, then he's relying on other factors to win the world championship. <laughs> yeah. So it will be interesting. Do I think Mercedes will win the last four races to take the championship? Well, on current pace, absolutely. I think they'll just looking how the track sort of played out. I think they'll dominate Jeddah um, if we get it. Uh, Abu Dhabi is the only one that could be interesting it's traditionally been a Mercedes track but we know how much difference Red Bull Mm. you know the the gains they've made this year in comparisons I mean past results don't really matter at this time so um, Mercedes got to get everything right they're totally capable of it I think Lewis will probably do it which is unfortunate Uh, all the the Discord chat last night was going off about how the FIA's given the race to Lewis already. Was, <laughs> calm down. It was only a week ago that Lewis got a 25-place grid penalty for <laughs> for not much, you know, disqualified from uh, from uh, from qualifying so at the back of the grid. So, look, I... Yeah, it's going to be awesome to watch when they get.
0: I love <laughs> that you're
1: that to enjoy it.
0: I love that you're that invested in Mercedes that you're going to think they're going to win the next four races, and there's only two races left.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, look, they've won the last two. Do they uh, go on yeah. to win? Last I got two? you, man. So they come home on an absolute tear, <laughs> I and we understand. Ha- we haven't seen them do that this year at any stage. So. Uh, Yeah, look, it's going to be a great couple of weeks, isn't it? Well,
0: let's talk very quickly about Lewis Hamilton then because, uh, A, firstly, uh, the one camera view that I did enjoy this weekend was the in-car camera view. Of course, under lights you can see their eyes. Mm. Uh, The intensity and focus of Lewis Hamilton's face, pretty phenomenal to watch, of course. But for, for him, he'd be very happy that he just sailed out in front and had that decent gap because... Look, I want it to go, I keep saying this, I want it to go to the last lap of the last race. So we've got two two more races to go. Uh, I hope that it sits how it sits for the next race. Uh, and then it comes down to, well, not even. If we can have a a, a win by Max and a second fastest lap with Lewis and we can come into equal points at somehow. I'm sure someone's going to say, no, James, that mathematically doesn't make sense, which because I'm terrible no, at. Now, Lewis will
1: need to win with the fastest lap. And Verstappen needs to come second. The, sorry. We, there yeah. you go. Excellent.
0: Good. Well, that, if that can happen, that'd be good. Equal points <laughs> right down to the wire, because uh, that would, the jeopardy of that, the jeopardy of the pit stops, though, and Red Bull 2.1 second pit stop with no <laughs> like machinery oh. or no automation, I should say, interaction. Whew. Yeah. That incredible, incredible job by those guys. And that mm. deserves a mention, absolutely. But yeah, for Mercedes, though, <laughs> sad for, for Valtteri, of course. Not good for the Constructors' Championship point struggle in that instance, but for for Hamilton, he needs this win and, uh, you know, I think we all three of us probably want Max Verstappen to win this championship, don't we? It's just how he does it. It's
2: probably
0: key. So hard, isn't it? The the
1: problem is if... Lewis wins next weekend or next race in Jetta, and the points are tied going in the last race. If Lewis comes second and Max wins, that means Max wins because of Spa. And mm. I don't, I can't remember where Hamilton finished that day. He was like four tech, or five I think points
2: was, different. They ended up. Yeah,
1: well, he, I think he qualified eighth or something. So he still got a couple of points, but mm. Max got 12 and a half. So, I mean, the difference in there is, what, eight eight points or, so, or whatever it is. I don't know mm. what it is, ten points. Someone can fact check us and write us down in Discord. That would be great. But I don't want that race to be the deciding factor. Yeah. If that's the deciding factor. Hamilton was third. Was oh,
0: Statton was was first. Hamilton was third, yeah. Twelve and a half points and seven and a half points. So, uh, so five that's, points. That's how it played out, yeah. It's a five-point yeah, so. issue. <laughs> okay. So you <laughs> wanted to win by gap. more than well, five. no.
1: That negates it, then, doesn't it? So
0: almost, it, it almost does. Yeah. It
1: almost does. So interesting to see what will happen. Uh, at least in that
0: race, Nikita Mazepin got the fastest lap. <laughs> at least no one <laughs> yeah. got a fastest lap. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> points for Spa. Imagine yeah, the point did. a point
2: awarded.
0: point awarded. Do you get a half to point for someone that? who was out of points? Yeah, half a a Half point yeah. to, to zero. They rounded down. Uh, yep. anyway look I think you're all it's all good you're right uh, it's gonna be an interesting next two races that's for sure well that uh, is our team my team analysis let's get into uh fantasy league fantasy team names uh oh, I looked at this last night so my apologies if you've updated it after the race I haven't yet seen it um here we go totally winging it Raymond M uh while my guitar gently weeps James M oh very good. <laughs> I'm going to touch Lewis's (laughs) rear, Steen N, Doa, a deer, a female deer, Josh L. (laughs) Here we go. Campy's having a fiddle on the roof, Byron H. Qatar Hero 2021, Lydia S. It's very good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like that one? <laughs>
1: he likes that one? Oh, guitar.
0: that yeah, might be the uh, on Lydia. I think you've had actually some of the best all year, Lydia. So uh, oh, she might star. be might be in for the the win here. Yeah. Um, this is from Karim H. I look in every Navara hoping to find Campion. in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's So good. Uh, tears in Mazepin. James N. Technically troubled. Tommy Mason C. Uh, Has anyone seen that last bolt, Harrison Zed? uh, Thank you to you for updating those uh, at some point. Now here's good news. Here's very very good news in fact. In fact, the best news of the weekend.
1: Happy 40th, (laughs) 40th.
0: Tommy. (laughs) You are now last, Stinkin. and it's good news. You're in 58th, and I'm oh. in 44th. I'm four places away from you, Thomas J. Camp. And you know what? Bloody coming for I free, hope mate. he wins I'm it. Bloody take to it. To be honest, well, just to shut well, you up. If I,
1: if the problem is if I, if I go and change it now, <laughs> you'll lose. I will lose. <laughs> I've just got to leave it, and not, cause I still haven't. I need to use a mega driver too. I still haven't used it.
0: Oh, okay, well then I'm probably not going to so, win unless yeah. you use it on Lewis or Max and one of them they crash out. Yeah. Um, that would be the the podcaster's pox version instead of commentator's curse of of you ruining a championship so maybe you should mega Lewis on the last race uh, but yeah, it's very good. I'm very. I was very happy this morning oh, to, to read. That's how it uh, lies out. But it's very good. Well, look, massive thank you to you boys for getting up early and and doing this, and a massive thank you to you for watching and listening. Of course. Now, a couple of things you can do to help support the show. Uh, firstly, you can grab some merchandise from our website. We ship all over the world. Uh, you can the, web, the link to that is in the description below. You can find us on YouTube as well, uh, Instagram too, as well as TikTok and. Leave us a rating and review, and we'll read out the reviews each uh, race re- uh, review podcast that we do. Now we are going to Jeddah in a fortnight's time. Hopefully, the track exists. But next week, next week will be a very, very good week for this podcast. Uh, we may or may not have the episode live on Monday, but next week you will have an interview with Josh Revel, which will be it's bloody fantastic to hear. Josh Revel, YouTube content creator, does amazing stuff. Um, if my, my recent one that I enjoyed was him uh, talking about Groundskeeper derester So uh, go <laughs> and check that out. Very, very good indeed. His,
1: his best one's that, Behaviour. Yeah, Ragoonathon, dude. <laughs> it's had like about yeah. 5 million views. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely priceless.
0: Well, we can't wait to have him on the podcast. Massive thank you to you for listening and we'll see you in a week's time with our chat with Josh Revel.